ninjutsu fans, and welcome to the Ninjutsu Training Podcast, where we take the powerful ancient ninja strategies and techniques and utilize them in the real-world modern application. Here it is, almost spring, and another season to be training in the out-of-doors. This winter has been giving us great opportunities to practice winter survival skills, camouflage, tracking and counter-tracking, as well as concealed weapon deployment with heavy layers on, and of course, the ability to handle a vehicle under slippery conditions. Just another day in New England. These are just awesome opportunities, and a ninja makes the best of all opportunities to train and sharpen his or her, her skills. So I hope you have been doing so, and not just being a dojo dog. Well, this podcast is going to cover some strategies and lessons taken from Hardcore Training, our first episode of Anonymous Living, and a lesson taken from the Shinobi Iri curriculum. So, with enough said, let's jump in and get started. Hardcore Training What made Soke Hatsumi, Takamatsu Sensei, Ueshiba Sensei, Takeda, and a long list of samurai ninja, and martial artist able to reach a pinnacle in the rats. Well, as this title says, it was hard core training. Many people do not know that Ueshiba's early dojo was also nicknamed Jigoku Dojo, or Hell Dojo. So Kaku Takada, headmaster of the Daituru, was feared for his intense methods of training. A few of you can remember training in the basement of my home a few years ago. Do you also remember the intense training? We had few mats to practice with, never mind dodging the lolly column or the cramped space. Training was austere and hard. Lately, I have noticed a slack in the training as we practice today in our new dojo. That bothers me a lot. I want all of my students to surpass my skill. But that won't happen if you only haphazardly train once a week and live on Fruit Loops. I hope that this article and this podcast will help you recognize the changes that are being implemented in our dojo as you read this. Have I piqued your curiosity yet? Well, let's move on. Shinkin Gata True Sword Training When we practice, we must train with the intensity of a real attack. This is the essence of Shinken Gata. When attacking, act like it is an attack on a real opponent. Don't stop your punch one foot away from him so he can defend. How is your, your partner supposed to learn, if not from a real attack? When receiving, receive the attack. Learn to be able to take Ukemi and continue to train without injury. Do not fight your opponent's attack. You are liable to be injured if you do. Train as a team, equal in each responsibility, giving and taking, sharing and learning, through practice, safely. Our training will be very demanding, especially to the upper ranks. But through severe training, you will learn to deal with a real attack when it happens, and not just talk about it from your hospital bed. You will notice an increase in the pace and intensity of our classes. My uke, or the senior students, will have to learn to receive a technique well. Here I would like to refer you to a quote from Shoto Tanamura of the Genbukan Dojo. In the past, severe training was the proper tradition, 
but nowadays people tend to avoid it as much as possible. Sometimes being ruthless or withstanding brutality is part of the art of self-protection. Easy training will not make it possible to protect you from an attack in danger. When your life is in danger and you are totally involved in survival, you can easily endure severe injuries and hardships. Remember, Sutemi no Seishin, which is the spirit to fearlessly throw your life away. More literally, this is about your spirit or soul. Have you ever heard the idiom, no pain, no gain? Well, it is also true in the martial arts. You cannot train easily and expect great results, just as you cannot just meditate and expect to be able to handle a large physical attacker with your mental ability. At the fifth degree test, we are supposed to feel the intention of the attack and avoid it. But what good does it do us if we cannot counter that attack once we have felt it? This problem has plagued the Bujinkan Dojo around the world for many years. Some schools, such as the European and the Israeli schools, have strengthened the requirements for testing. And for our school, it means that we have to make a commitment to train seriously but still enjoy and not endure our partners or ourselves. So I would like to follow I would like to suggest the following training routine for all students and instructors alike and for those just listening in on this podcast you as well. Number 1. Start with Ryutai Junantai Sao. Flexibility is a key in our art and in life in general. Stretch and be flexible three to four times a week and always before serious practice in class. Number two, increase your aerobic capacity by running, jogging, skipping rope, etc. Number three, emphasize the basics. The Kion Hapo and Sanchin no Kata Ukemi, Tai Sabaki, all of these are the foundations of our art and must be mastered well. Number four, Train with an open mind and heart. Train as if you know nothing. Always strive to learn more. Have a constantly questing heart. You must temper this with not always asking, what if, what if, what if, just do, and your answer to the what if will appear before you. Number five, always train with intensity. Give your training and your partners all you can. You should be tired at the end of class. If not, ask yourself if you gave it your all. Now, many people assume that Soke Hatsumi's way of movement now is how they should train. I would like to refute all of them by saying, no way. Soke has trained for many years at a very intense level. Only once he completed this training did his method of movement come to him. That and that he once was very ill and could not train in this manner. His new emphasis at the Hombu Dojo is true fighting method, not some play acting disguised as a fighting method. Now as we move into this year, I hope all of you who train will understand the idea of Shinken Gata. I leave you with this quote. You need to have ferociousness in a real fight. Soke Mazaki Hatsumi. All right, let's keep moving on. This podcast is rocking and rolling. The next section is known as anonymous living, or living in the gray world. In ancient times, 
well, actually just a decade ago, sometimes would count as ancient, it was surprisingly easy to stay very anonymous in your life. And the ninja's strategy of Mugai, Mumai, Nujitsu, or no art, no name, was part of their everyday life. But in today's world, it is becoming increasingly difficult to be anonymous. From street and business surveillance cameras, GPS tracking in your car, and even your cell phones and pictures, you take allows someone to locate you and reveal your anonymity. Attempting to lower your digital footprint becomes more and more difficult each day, especially if you are not aware of what technology does and can reveal about you. So for that reason, let's take a look at one piece of technology that has been used to track down fugitives and is something you may not even know happens each time you take a picture. It is called EXIF data, that is E-X-I-F data and it is embedded into almost all photos taken with a smartphone and with many new GPS enabled cameras as well. EXIF stands for exchangeable image file format and in most cases it stores aperture, ISO speed, camera model, date, etc. and more recently GPS coordinates. Sounds innocuous enough doesn't it? Well, what if you are a journalist or a dissident whom is taking pictures with your cell phone and posting them anonymously to the web? Well, it is very easy to be tracked down by an overzealous governmental police agency. And, in fact, antivirus programmer John McAfee was tracked down by a vice reporter's picture taken by his iPhone when he posted revealed his location to various authorities who swooped in and arrested him. It is easy to see what data your photos have embedded in them. I'm a Windows guy, so this is for XP. If you right-click on an image, then click on the Summary tag, and then the Advanced button, you should see the data. So, how do you deal with this type of information, and how can you prevent it from having someone trace your photo's location? Well, for the most part, it is pretty easy, but here are a few tips and tools you can use. Number one, shut off the GPS function to your phone when you do not need it. Shut off all of the GPS functions. Sometimes there is more than one actively running. Number two, use EXIF tool, that is E-X-I-F tool, T-O-O-L, to remove the data from your photos prior to publishing them on the web. This is free software and you can download it at CNET, that is C-N-E-T dot com. Now of course, you know that any good practitioner of ninjutsu will try to reduce their digital footprint and maintain some semblance of anonymity on the web. But remember, now that you know how to protect yourself, you should very easily be able to use this information to help track down, say, stolen cameras cell phones, and or at the very least to get the general location of the offending party. Of course, if you are working with some type of investigative security field, this data can also help you lead you to a particular individual.
Well, I hope you like this first episode of Anonymous Living. And in future episodes, I will be expanding this type of information to help you utilize technology to keep your life a bit more private in the modern world. All right, let's keep moving on to another topic. Shinobi Eri, or Entering Skills. Within the curriculum of Shinobi Eri, there are several core strategies that teach a ninjutsu practitioner the appropriate manner in which to apply the technique or tactics on an enemy. The first strategy we will review is Nyukyo no Jitsu, or the correct utilization of timing to enter the, nin the enemy's camp. So what does this really mean? Well, as Miyamoto Musashi points out in the Book of Five Rings, Timing is everything. Identifying the correct time in which to enter an enemy's camp, fortress, or region of influence needs to be identified. And this normally occurs through diligent surveillance of their actions. When undertaking surveillance for a mission, a ninja operative should take into consideration the following items. People traffic. When is this traffic the heaviest? The lightest? What kind of clothing are they wearing? Do they have uniforms? Is any identification necessary to enter an area? Number two, vehicular traffic. Where do people park? Are there designated parking areas? What are the closest routes to an area? What are the types of typical vehicles in an area or the parking lot? Again, is there any identification or tag that is necessary to park or travel into this area? Number three, structural considerations. What is the type of building or structure? Is it multi-story? Is it underground? Does it, how many exits and entrances does it have? Geographical considerations. Where is it located within a city? Is it in a rural area, a suburban area? Does it overlook an area where they are or where there are higher points nearby so that you can set up an observation post? Or is that the highest structure in the area? There are also seasonable variables, weather conditions, heat, cold, rain, etc. And the last consideration is auditory levels. Noise in the area. What times is it the noisiest? What type of noise is there? Once a proper investigation has been completed, the ninjutsu agent will review and determine the best possible timing for the penetration of the enemy's stronghold. As you know, I like to take the ancient tactical strategy and utilize it in a modern application. So here is your lesson today. Choose a local business in your area and perform a surveillance of the people entering, employees, customers, etc., Determine the best time to shop in that location with the lowest amount of customers in the business. Once you have determined this, perform an internal observation of the business, locating at least three entrances or exits. Are there alarms, surveillance, cameras, security guards, etc. in the business? Now remember, this is only an exercise. Don't be obvious or even creepy. That will draw security or law enforcement down on you in a heartbeat. So you better have a good pre-planned reason to be there in that business. 
like you know maybe buying something looking for a friend going out to dinner etc all right have fun and be safe with this and remember timing is everything everything all right ninjutsu fans i know this is a shorter podcast than our normal ones but we have reached the end of another episode and i can't believe that this is actually episode five I hope you've enjoyed the tactics and drills you got from this podcast, and I want to thank you for listening and spreading the word about Ninjutsu's training online podcast. If you've enjoyed this, don't forget to stop over at www.ninjutsutrainingonline.com. You can also follow me at Twitter at ninjutsuguy at twitter.com. And yes, I have a Facebook page too. You can get that from the website. I update all of these sites weekly with blog posts, new videos, words of wisdom, ninja humor, warrior conditioning, diet, exercises, etc. So thank you again for continuing to tune in here and for sending me ideas to cover in future podcasts. Our next podcast will be coming up later this month and we'll be covering fantastic information for you. If you like this podcast, please put up a customer review. And until next time, Bufu Ikan.